Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. BTOsports.com, the nation's leading retailer. For anything you need for your bike or body, use the code PULPMX to save yourself money. Just go on BTOsports.com. It's a brand new website. they got anything you need for your bike uh, or the gear, like I was saying, and uh, free express shipping over a certain amount of money. Great international shipping rates if you spend over a certain amount of money. And, of course, they support the sport with the BTO Sports KTM team. And uh, Fox Racing, the official gear of uh, Ryan Dungey, Ken Roxon, foxhead.com. 2015 stuff is dropping soon for the Fox stuff, so it's always exciting to see and some of the best-looking stuff out there. As usual, I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me on the line is a guy I've been wanting to do this for a while, one of the friendlier guys in the pits, uh, one of the top tuners of the sport, Chad Reed's mechanic, Lars Lindstrom. What's up, Lars? Hey, Steve. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem. It is an off week, so you're not doing anything anyways. No, it's my birthday weekend too, so I'm kind of lucky. Oh, it is? Yep. Oh, I think it's Nick Way's birthday today, or tomorrow. That's awesome. Nick Way's badass. <laughs> Nick Way is badass. All right, uh, <laughs> let's get into this a little bit. Uh, like I said, I wanted to do one of these for, with you for a while. We had you on the Pulp Show, I think, a couple times. But um, So the let's touch on this first. The season, high point, just finished. Uh, a couple of hole shots, uh, a top five finish. Uh, the best race of the outdoor season so far for your guy, Chad Reed? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, two whole shots. We haven't had that in a long time, if ever. <laughs> and uh, kind of maybe back to 2011 outdoors. But uh, but that was a surprise and really, really cool. And I, I think um, something that Chad needed to kind of get, you know, you know, motivated for the rest of the season to really get after it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a start. After his, now, his crash at Lakewood. Did you see it? It was right by the mechanics area, right? So you saw it? It was, and uh, I, I really pissed that I, did, I didn't see it because um, <laughs> I was writing down on the pit board that it was the green flag lap coming up for him, and yeah, this yeah. is something he, wa- he wanted. Right. And uh, I happened to look up, look down at my board right then, and then they said, damn, he crashed hard. And I looked <laughs> up, and he's, he's down, you know. So right. I, I know I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see it, but apparently he hit a rock and yeah. pushed him sideways and slapped his head. So Yeah. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Um, so, yeah, you've been working for Chad. This is year four? Year four, dude. Yeah, yeah, you started with uh, with the Team 2-2 right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, I, think I'm, I think I'm the longest working mechanic for Chad. <laughs> like, I don't, think, I, don't think he's had, I don't think he's had a mechanic yeah. longer. Uh, I don't know what was going on with Oscar and Paul or who, who the mechanic was, but um, <laughs> they were – I don't know if those guys count or maybe they were longer. Maybe. I don't know. Even if even if they even if they did, I think he was only with them in maybe oh six, seven, and eight. Okay, so like three years. 
Oh, yeah, so 09 Goose at Suzuki, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, whatever else, you know. Well, so basically what he does is he is he goes back and he hires Goose from 09, and then he hired Oscar from 08. So he just kind of goes back and hires his old mechanic to work on Team 2-2. Yeah, yeah, he uh, – both those guys are awesome, so. It, um, it's good for you because you'll have a job whenever you stop working for him. I hope so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been a mechanic for total? Um, let's see. I, I would probably say it's, it's closing in on ten years. Yeah, and As like an official mechanic, I guess. Right, and you still you still enjoy it? You still still going to keep doing it? Um, I mean, I, I don't want to do it forever, but yeah, yeah, I, I do enjoy it, especially you know, at times like you know, in Anaheim when you win and stuff like that. That that makes yeah. all the difference. It's, it's it's really really cool feeling. So yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know what that's like. I, I won a couple of races, Lars, but never. What are you talking about, dude? Um, 03 Bud's Creek? Yes, first moto. Moto 1. Yes, yes. Was that right? 03? Yeah, yeah. Good job. Yeah, that's pretty good. I was there, dude. I but, saw that. But winning a 4 Supercross is pretty cool. So it, Yeah, it is pretty cool. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty lucky that a lot of guys, a lot of way better mechanics have not done that like Gotham J. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the um, Anaheim 2 battle with Stu and then Chad went to go win it, that's, that's a race that will stay with me for a long time. That was memorable, man. That was a really cool thing. Yeah, it was. You know, anytime you pass change Stewart and win, uh, it's pretty memorable in my opinion because, you know, obviously, obviously he's freaking fast. So, um, but yeah, I know that race was super exciting and, you know, our first win of the season and, and just, you know, the one of those times it's kind of like I, I, you know, put that with Angtown 2011 when Chad beat Villapoto and Dungy straight up, you know, just yeah. something that he both pulls out of the hat and just surprises yeah. Everyone, especially me, and, and 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 you know, shows me that how badass he is. Yeah, you can. I made the mistake of counting him out one time. I'm not going to do that ever again. You just never yeah. know. Um, do you think, like I think, that the 2011 outdoors when he went sailing over the the Chattapult now, that he was going to win that title. I re, I really believe that. Yeah, I really believe it too because. Um, he was at like his peak right then. I mean, he passed Villapoto on that first lap, and he, he was gone. He was gonna win. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then you know that it's really unfortunate what happened because uh, that was going to be his most convincing season. I think you know there's no there's no asterisk on that at all. You know, there's, yeah. All the guys were there. The baddest guys were there, and he was, and he was beating them. So and it's a bummer. It's a bummer that happened. And he won the first moto, passed him, and won the first moto. You know, so had a 16 point lead, I think, or 18 point lead. It was yep. it was big, man. Yeah, it was uh, that was gnarly. Big enough for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt about it. Um, last season, uh, frustrating for you as a mechanic. A lot of changes, Lars. A lot of changes. Very, very, very frustrating. I have to admit. Yeah, yeah. It just yeah. it wasn't working out. And so one thing I always thought about, and I think I talked to you about this a little bit. How was the relationship? Obviously, the things between Honda and Chad didn't go well. Um, I mean, they, they tried to be professional, but there was some, you know, people weren't happy with each other. Now, you, we'll get into this later, that you worked at Honda forever. Those guys are all your friends. Did that ever get weird? Um, yeah. Yeah. It did, actually. <laughs> I mean, it, it, because he's coming in not knowing any of those guys, and yeah. he's, I don't know, I've got to word this you yeah, know, get, carefully. Yeah, don't get, I, fired. I, don't get fired, Lars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, if, if you were to go hang out with someone that you've never met before, 
you don't trust them, you know? Yeah. And you don't believe what they say, and, you, and you're called bullshit on a lot of things. And, and so that's how he kind of felt, I think, going into a, the, a lot of those situations. And maybe at, at some point he was right, but, you know, and I, I see both sides of the story, and, I, and I, you know, they're telling me the truth, you know? And, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, for one example, like, Chad, um, when Chad first started, he asked Shane Drew something about, I think it was about something about the engine. Yeah. And, sh- and Shane was like, you know what? I don't know, dude. I, I, I really, I don't work on the engine, so I don't really know. And, and Chad was convinced that he was lying to me, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. And, yeah. and, and, and I knew what he was talking about. I'm like, dude, he, he really doesn't yeah, know. Sh- you know? And, Shane's got a clipboard. <laughs> Shane's got a clipboard. He's looking, at, he's looking at data charts all the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. so, like, that's what kind of situation I'm talking about. It was kind of hard for me to kind of try to balance both, you know, because a lot of times there was a conflict that would kind of happen and, yeah. and it didn't need to. There was right. nothing to be you know, yeah. upset about. And uh, so sometimes I try to balance those things. Uh, on the other hand, you know, there were things that Chad got jacked on, you know, yeah. over there that, that um, especially with the second rider deal, you know, and that left a bad taste in his mouth for the rest of the deal. So um, yeah. I, I'm, you know, without getting into too much detail, yeah, I yeah. don't know that much. Well, yeah, and you're stuck in the middle. You know Shane and Dan and, and, and all the Honda guys. You're friends with them, and you know they're they're trying their best and their hardest. And But then again, you know, Chad is your buddy, and he brought you over, and you're great friends with him, and you want him to succeed. And, and yeah, I can imagine you, more so than anybody else, was walking a tightrope at times, you know? Yeah, you know, like things would come from him that he wanted me to tell them, and sometimes it wasn't <laughs> in uh, the, the smoothest manner, you know, but well, and I would have to yeah. try to, like, right. you know, put the whole thing into a different type of <laughs> dialogue or whatever you say, and, and vice versa, you know, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it just, you're trying to be the middleman there and, and, and relay things smoothly, it, it, you know, sometimes doesn't work that well, yeah. you know, just because I know that I, I was trying to make things really um streamlined and like you know yeah. when when things need to get heated I, I, that's kind of what i tried to do and yeah and um and you know like i don't know maybe it's just because i'm a swede and i'm really neutral <laughs> i <laughs> you know I, I i don't really want there to be a conflict when there doesn't need to be yeah no 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 doubt about it it's gotta be tough um but again uh chad a guy like chad at least from what i know of him and he keeps you hopping he's he's constantly trying things and testing things out, but I guess when you have a guy like that and he can go out and bust his ass and win and, and, and he's right about a lot of changes, it, it makes it worthwhile. But, man, I guarantee you, you work for McGrath, you work for Wyndham. Chad Reed keeps you the busiest out of any, any rider you've had. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we, are, we are a big team for one rider deal, and I guarantee you we're just as busy, if not more, than some of the other guys that we have, you know, four guys on the team because yeah. – he is very demanding, and you know he knows what he wants. And yeah, uh, yeah. and yeah, on a race weekend, I mean, there's there's almost never a time that the suspension doesn't come off between you know every session or something. Yeah. You know, like I mean, it hardly ever happens, and uh, or anything else. You know, he's just he's always thinking, and he always wants the bike to be better for that particular track. And um, and so yeah, we we end up having to change a lot of parts, and you know, um, try a lot of things, and and. You know, that's kind of cool. I mean, these first four nationals, I mean, Saturdays go by like that, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't even have, I really don't even have time to eat because we're, from the time you start practice 
to the time the last moto ends. I mean, even after that, you know, and then the truck driver's yelling at us to put the antenna away and all this stuff, right. which he's really good at. <laughs> then <laughs> um, it, it's gnarly, We especially this weekend. I mean, it was it was, like, pretty gnarly, pretty hectic. I'm always the believer, though, that sometimes these guys can get themselves into trouble by changing too many things. Um, do you and Goose, do you guys try to to not try to talk them out of some changes? Try to like say, hey, it's okay, like we're on the right track, the setting works, or whatever. Do you guys ever try to do that? We did try to do that. I mean, we do try to do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, be, but you know, he is very, very headstrong, and, and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And he believe, believes what he believes. But uh, we did try to keep him. You know, we knew that we were going to struggle the first round, and mm-hmm. we we and you know that came straight from Chad too. You know, and yep. and uh, we were pretty confident. We had a good setup going into Glen Helen, and we you know I know Goose had talked to Chad like trying to tell him, hey, you know. Let's not freak out. Let's not start changing the bike too much because your results aren't there. Yeah. Let's just try through the first couple rounds, and then you know it'll come. You know, and uh, uh, it didn't really work just <laughs> like that. But, right. But uh, but you know um, the things we're changing too. You know, at, at times they're not that big. You know, they're they're yeah. big to Chad, but they're you yeah. know they're yeah they're a couple shins in the suspension or some gas for air pressure or whatever and yeah. And, and to the normal rider, there's no way they would ever feel it. But, you yep. know, Chad is super sensitive, and he, you know, feels what he feels. So, um, yep. to him, it's a big deal. So, But, uh, you know, we I, I do know that before Mountain, before the first moto, when, you know, we qualified pretty poorly, uh-huh. we changed we changed pretty much the entire motorcycle. It was <laughs> crazy. We, we, I mean, I was cross my fingers, you know, be on the first lap because, yeah, yeah. you know, you don't know what the bike's going to do, you know, and, yeah. and the changes of that, but that, that huge. And, um, and also, you know, you, there's, when you're changing that many parts all the time, every weekend, weekend, week out, mm-hmm. week out, you know, you're just, you're just asking for a, for a trouble, you know, and, yeah. and a yeah. mistake from the mechanics. And there's like three, four of us working on the bike. And luckily, uh, you know, working with Goose and Oscar, and then having you know the other guys too that can help out. I mean, Davo yeah. can help out if he you know yeah needs things like. But especially Goose and Oscar, you know, I trust I trust them more than I trust myself, and, and that's a really cool feeling. Yeah. When you have help, you know, so um, so yeah, yeah. um, you know, um, uh, and also too, like I've always, uh, I don't think Chad's getting rich on this team, a team deal. He could, by all intents and purposes, get a Kawasaki. Get a cam from Mitch and a piston from CP, uh, exhaust from Pro Circuit. Uh, you know, get some stuff from Bones or, or, or a little bit of suspension work and go racing instead. Uh, and you know, get some electronics from Cowie and, and, and call it a day. But instead, he's got Dean building the motor and Oscar doing suspension and, and Goose helping out. You guys are really trying to develop a race bike for Chad, as opposed to just bolting on kind of stuff that you know that works. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're putting uh, we we have put and are putting a lot of effort into this whole program and uh, and Chad doesn't spare any expense. You know, he, he gets the best stuff. Yeah, and our you know our bike is really really um it's it's exotic. You know, it's just like a factory bike. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know there's a few things that maybe we don't have and maybe there's a few things that we do have that maybe they don't. You know, but uh um he definitely. Does it the right way, and and 
And we could have done it that way, like you, like you yeah. talked about. Uh, yeah. I mean, we kind of did that in 2011, and he had some success, you know. But, but you know, the, the effort that we put in now is really legit, and I think that it's um, it's just like an A-level deal, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, and that gives me a lot of confidence, too, that, that we're not going to DNF and we're not going to, you know, have any problems with the bike and that we're going to have a good setting all the time. Yeah, I'd say you guys could go out and like retail that stuff as Team Two Two performance mods, but nobody could ride it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It seems like uh, everything that everybody else likes, Chad hates. Yeah, so, uh, no, it, it I'm does. not really sure that people would love what, what we got. But other than the engine, I think our engine's really, really good yeah. and rideable for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, how does he like a bike setup? Obviously, the 454 strokes. It's not so much a, a motor setup anymore. But how does he like a motor to run? I mean. Lots of power and manageable, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, you know, it's funny is that when you first rode the Cowie, I know that this has been like, you know, documented very well. But um, with with your show and everything, that he thought the engine was sucked when he first rode it, and yeah. everybody says the Cowie four four fifty production engine just rips. You know, yeah. every magazine loves it. Blah blah blah. Yep. And, and he thought it, he thought it kind of it was. I mean, definitely wasn't cramped. Yeah. I should say. And. Uh, so we worked hard, and Dean worked, all of us really, Oscar, and in, uh, in the beginning to get the engine where he liked it. And uh, yeah, it's more, it's more like he wanted a lot of bottom, and now it's it's got a real you know solid uh, mm-hmm. power. You know where it goes, you know bottom mid top, and, and things really really rock. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you got you told me before, Lars, that uh, you thought you guys were going to be on KTM's. That's what. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you were a betting yeah, man, we, you would have said that. I, I thought for sure we would be on a KTM. We we rode one at the end, uh, you know, after the outdoors or whatever, and um, he thought the thing felt really, really good um, in outdoor, you know, mm-hmm. form. Like he rode a production one, um, and, and I guess um, I don't know if some things didn't work out that he yeah. would, or, or and also that uh, I know when he tried to we tried to make it a supercross bike, it didn't react the way that he had hoped it would, and, mm-hmm. and you know, and so anyways, it. it the Cowie just ended up being better when we when we made it the way Chad wanted it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, let's get in, let's get into the time machine a little bit and talk about your career uh, to where you're to where you're getting at now. Um, born in America, but all your family is basically from Sweden. Yeah, my dad and my mom are both from uh, southern Sweden, and uh, they. My, my dad raced pro and, and worked for Husqvarna and came here in the early 70s, late 60s, early 70s. And um, and both my brothers were born there, and me and my sister were born uh, here in California. Yeah. In uh, in SoCal? Yeah, Westlake Village. And uh, and people who don't know, your dad is Gunnar Lindstrom. Gunnar Gasser, uh, a throttle, a different way of uh, a wheel throttle inventor, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, Actually, am I, you were asking, uh, um, we talked before, and you said that, you know, my grandpa was Gunner, and, and he was too, and he was uh, also some, you know, famous win Olympics and won some silver medals and stuff like that. So, yeah. kind of a. So, deal. motocross has been in your life since the first time you can remember. Yeah. When my, uh, when I was, a, when I was, well, when I was born, my dad was a team manager at Honda. You know the factory Honda team. Yeah, and then so and worked at Honda all the way through until he retired a few years ago. So, so yeah, when I was a kid, you know, we had a lot of, um, you know, Johnny O'Mara and stuff like that. And yeah, uh, my brothers were a little older than me, ten and eight years older. So they they actually hung out and 
got to hang out with like Bailey and Johnny O'Mara, and so I kind of missed out on that, which sucks. But, <laughs> yeah, really. Um, right. Yeah, but uh, but anyways, I, I I you know we were always around um, uh, racing, and my brothers raced, and obviously I thought they were the coolest. So um, I've been around it for my whole life. Yeah. Um, and your dad was manager con- late seventies, early eighties, before Arnold and Roger got there, right? Yeah, I think seventy-eight to eighty-one or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then what did he end up doing at Honda after he stopped being a manager? Uh, I think he wanted to be home more, so he started working in the auto division and uh, kind of working his way through the ranks at, in the auto division. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a, it's an interesting story. It's a long lineage of Swedish motocross pioneers, <laughs> Lars, and you're continuing yeah. on the tradition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. uh, so did you did you want to race did you like was the was the plan to be a pro racer like so many uh, other of us yeah to a certain extent though I, I didn't really have you know like some of you know the other guys get like tons of support their dad wants them to succeed super bad and, right, and right. you know they're going to the track with them and getting bikes and doing all this stuff and I didn't really have that same kind of mentality I think my dad was kind of over it and um, you know obviously he's been around he, he raced himself and got hurt and did all this, you know, and just and didn't really want that same thing. So uh, I never really had uh, the idea or mentality that, hey, I could make it as a racer. It was just more like a, you know, like it would be fun to race and yeah. you can, you know, if you get good enough, you can maybe race in pro races and maybe make the night show. Yeah. That would be <laughs> cool, you know. like So I never, I never even had the, the, yeah, like the mentality like, hey, dude, if you want to, you could, could try and bust your ass and go and race supercross whatever you know I, I never even thought that i could do that you know oh really because like you uh, paul parabinos may be upset if he listens to this but you're probably the fastest mechanic on the circuit i don't know how your skills are lately but i mean you, <laughs> you know like you you're a great rider so but but that wasn't like so you never really raced that much you never really like attempted to race i'm kind of blown away i didn't i didn't know that I mean, I, I raced some local stuff here, and yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. I, en- I ended up going and doing, like, I think I raced um, Lake Whitney and, and uh, Minio's one time, but, like, I did all that on my own. You know, I just got a ride in, the, in, a, in a trailer with, yeah. one time with actually with Goose's, uh, Goose's family. Oh, back yeah. In, like, and, uh, and the other time with my buddy R.J. Thompson. And, and, I mean, I was just, you know, I didn't have anybody helping me, so it, being young and going to Minio's and racing against all these badass kids what, with what? you know factory support stuff and, and i'm washing my own bike over there what was wrong with, like what was wrong with your dad come on pops <laughs> yeah yeah he had a lot of those i mean he worked a shitload too so i i mean yeah. it was uh and then like i said i mean that that wasn't his scene he just wasn't into the whole mini amateur deal he yeah, thought yeah. that was pretty lame so <laughs> um <laughs> so anyways I, I did it more i didn't do it so much for you know to like try to get a ride or anything like that i just did it because you know i thought it was cool and it was yeah um well that's pretty that's pretty funny yeah it's because you've got some skills you made a night show in in vegas right did you ever race any other supercrosses just vegas yeah i i, I rode i rode like oh two i rode my first supercross in, in uh, salt lake and i i think I made, I made the night show there and and then the next week in vegas and and then i, I did a few here and there but i mean like i said i mean just making a night show, that was like the goal. You know? And I think it kind of ha- that kind of stemmed from brother Eric racing and mm-hmm. his goal was to make the night show. And if he did, he was pumped, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so I, I was kind of like just mentally, I just never was prepared for like, dude, you know, let's go make a main event. Like, I, did, I didn't ride Supercross tracks. I, 
and especially even then, like, not that this was like, you know, back in the day that far, but in like the early 2000s even, people didn't have that many Supercross tracks on the, on the West Coast, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if, if, if you, you know, like, if I, if I would have like been able to ride tracks during the week and like really prepare and stuff like that, it might've been a different story, but like, yeah. I just never, never, that didn't even, even cross my mind. So <laughs> it was just, it was just something to do and, and ride and it was fun, you know? Did you, uh, did you graduate high school? Yeah. Yeah. And then any, no. any, any, uh, college? Uh, a little bit of college, just junior college, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, like, um, yeah. Uh, Started working. I think I, I was racing a little bit for fun, and then I got a job, kind of helping out at Honda, and yeah, um, uh, it kind of went from there. You know, did you always have like? Uh, uh, did your dad backdoor you works parts and stuff growing up and all that? Did you ever have cool shit, cool stuff on your bikes? At least, uh, hell no, hell no. Okay, all right. no. My well, dad's very. My dad's super humble and like and and does not like to be the guy that bugs anybody. Yeah, but yeah. He would ne- never ask for something like that, and um, at least not. Yeah, I, I mean. I'll, in my case, but even though he's friends with a lot of the guys, you know, like right, quiet. right. And also, Honda Honda doesn't hook it up. You know, like they yeah. they don't give out work parts like some of these other oh. country companies. Oh, really? Because I used to see the goose, the, the Gosler kids, with a lot of cool stuff. I'm just saying. I'm just putting that. Yeah, out there. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, that might have been a little different story. He goose <laughs> can work it really, really good. But uh, uh, but for the most part, right? Uh, you don't see. Many you know people even working there riding with. Maybe it's a little better now, but especially when Cliff was there and stuff. Like yeah. he saw you with a work fart, dude. You're getting, you're getting. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was not good. It was not good. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, and that and that was like if you had a work bar mounts on your bike, boom, you're, you're done. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why. That's why. That's why Gothic always said stock is best. <laughs> oh yeah, Gothic's, Gothic's another one of those guys. Like he he sees my bike, you know, like especially when I work there, and uh, he'd be like, "Ooh, ooh, you got that? Uh, I'm not gonna tell anybody, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, come on, bro." <laughs> right, right. Uh, hey, so your dad's throttle invention, and and forgive me, I'm not totally up on it. I know it was re- it was a big deal, and it, it helped uh, an easy throttle, an easy throttle turn, and you had to have it in the '70s or whatever. Did he make a lot of money off of it? Did it? I mean, I, I understand it was the only thing you had to buy it. You had to, you had yeah, to have first it. First of all, I'm, first of all, I'm extremely offended that you don't know more about it. But I don't. I know. Uh, I, I well, I, I, I know it was an easy throttle. It was a wheel cam <laughs> thing, you know. But idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, the idea was that. Yeah, I, I, dude. I mean, and this is before my time. The, yeah, the yeah. throttle cables used to come straight out and do a big old arc, like really lame looking, and they would snag and everything. So my dad made a that whirlpool design where the cable goes in and then turns on the roller and, right. and directs it so that it can sit behind the number plate or whatever and not get jacked up. And, um, but no, he didn't really make a lot of money. I mean, I mean, he made a decent amount of money off selling his own product, but, uh, he didn't get a patent. Um, never, I, I've asked him before why I think he was like, it was a lot of money to get a patent and he didn't think it was maybe that big of a deal. And, oh, um, geez, you know, yeah. so, and then I think maybe he was working at Honda already, uh, I, I, that that's not. Yeah. I don't know that for sure. But you know, right. when you make something at a, at a when you're on a team like that, and you can't really go and patent it yourself. But I, I don't. True, true. I don't yeah. really know that exact story. But all okay. I know is that he didn't get a patent, and everybody else started making it, and he didn't make that much money off it. Yeah, like Boysen has patented like their reed reed valve. So like every two strokes sold, a little piece went to Boysen. Apparently, you know, um, yeah, things like awesome. that. Yeah. So, um, so you just started working on your bikes and just. 
naturally after junior college, you're like, oh, I guess I'll be a mechanic. And obviously your dad's connections helped you get in. You were, you, you were a test guy at Factory Honda, right? Uh, yeah, sort of. I mean, it wasn't like a test rider. but uh, No, a test guy, um, like a test mechanic, a test guy. Like a, yeah, I, I, got, um, I got hooked up. My dad, Ron Wood, used to work there. Yep. He owns Tokyo Moz now. And he, um, he was the test guy there. Um, he needed some help and uh, – he was gonna. He opened up with a two-stroke 250. Cause I, I rode 125s, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. he he let me go there and start building the bike out of parts that were kind of like laying around. And while I did that, he had me do all this other work while he, you know, quote unquote, ordered parts for me, <laughs> which took forever, obviously. And uh, I, so, anyways, I just worked, and I didn't I didn't know anything, you know, I was just a dumb kid, and I didn't really want to be a mechanic at all. I, I okay. just wanted to race dirt bikes, and uh, I never that didn't even cross my cross my mind, but. I just started helping him and taking him hard bikes, and, um, and I thought it was rad to be in the Honda shop, you know, like yeah. like any other fan or rider kid would think. So um, I just started doing that, and then it kind of progressed from there, doing whatever and in a real job, and yeah. Hmm. Um, and then uh, it must have been, uh, as a test guy, so as a test guy at Honda, were you sort of, like what, what year would that have been? I think... Like for I think two thousand is when I started. Okay. Um, that, like right when like in the middle of the nationals, I think I remember because K Dub was going to get like he's going to Suzuki or something. But okay. um, yeah. Then um, I I started then I was kind of just like a shop you know sweeper dude. Yep. And um, and then I started helping out, and then I did parts for like a year or two with Brad and Brad Chapman there, which yeah sucked. But it was, but it was good. You know, I learned a lot. And then yeah, uh, yeah. I think, like, I don't know, like, like 2003, maybe I was like the test guy. Okay, so like Ernie, Nathan, Ricky, right? Those yep. guys. Yep, yep, yep yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, Ernie, Nathan, Ricky, uh, Tortelli for a little while. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. And then, um, and I, when, yeah, when I started there, uh, Yogi was the guy, and I just thought he was the coolest too. You know. So, but anyways, um. Um, yeah, no, I was, I was around for those years with Ernie and Ricky, which were awesome. Yeah. Super fun. Learned a lot. Um, laughed a lot because Ernie <laughs> and Ricky and Nathan and all those guys, they were, yeah. they were pretty, they were a blast to be around. Did you ever have to go drive the, you had a, you, got, you guys had a white whale you nicknamed it. It was a truck and trailer. Uh, did you ever, have to yeah. go, did you ever have to take that to Florida to go test at RC's place? Yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, it wasn't a trailer. It was just a big white straight truck. And, oh, uh, okay. All right. Yeah. We, yeah, whatever it doesn't matter. But uh, he, it was. Um, um, we got that thing, and uh, yeah, I drove that thing to to Florida. I think twice, maybe, and then maybe one other time to K Dubs or something like that. I can't remember, yeah. but yeah, that was a that was a journey for sure. Right, right. And uh, at any time, were you like, "Holy shit, man, this is Carmichael"? Like, I gotta be really, I gotta be really careful here. <laughs> I mean, would you remember? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because uh, obviously he was the man, and uh, I uh, I built his practice bike. So I'm thinking like, I know in like '03, um, I yeah '03 I was a test guy for sure. Maybe even '02 because uh, I remember I went to Florida and stayed with him for a week, and you know before Southwick because he just hammered his bikes, and uh, yeah. and then I built his bikes from then on until he left Honda. I think for practice bikes, and uh, and luckily we never had any. You know, yeah. any problems, but <laughs> it was always a little bit nerve-wracking. Cause yeah. Also, too, uh, four-strokes are around, just starting to become around, too, this time. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. That, that, 
I remember I built. I do know. I do remember I built all those four fifties for the summer because he only he only didn't race Supercross because he was hurt. Right. And uh, and we had and it was really we we had a lot of success with that as far as that goes. Through. Never any never any failures and the mm-hmm. and all the bikes were always good. So and we he always had to have two bikes instead of you know most most guys had one and then you would get a rotation like that. He always in his contract he had two bikes that he always had at his house. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was like a almost a full time job, but yeah. it was a. Uh, it was cool, you know. Like he, it was a real systematic deal. So. And, and Goose told me he just hammered bikes, just hammered them. Yeah, yeah, he would. He, I mean, that that Georgia Clay, and then him riding on that kind of schedule too. You know, he would just wear through like the subframes, and you know, like you know, the aluminum, just the plastic, just wears through it and through it and through <laughs> yeah. it until it finally breaks off. Right, right. And uh, and I, and actually, those were those were pretty good bikes because. We never had any problems, and he rode the crap out of them. I, I was uh, the one time I was at his place in '99. Rode Cowies then, and uh, I just remember seeing like motors and works forks and shocks everywhere, like just <laughs> spares or old ones or whatever. It was basically like you know factory Cowie in his garage. I'm like, and his, yeah. you know, his dad's just like, yeah, we just go through this stuff. We just, it's just in and out, man. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we were actually. We were probably a lot um, more budget, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, yeah. We, I don't like. I know. I do remember that same thing. Like, Cowie just sending them parts and parts and right. always changing out, you know, and just tossing stuff. So much stuff that they would just bury it out in the backyard. You yeah, know? yeah, and yeah, and and we were never like that. It's, it's never been like that at Honda. They've always been, you know, like a save mode. You know, like mm-hmm. we, I mean, we use we use them uh, reuse. The stuff there, like, I remember the two strokes. You never got new plastic on a practice bike. It was always used crap. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it was like work plastic. Right. It was like yeah. lighter. And, yes, and thinner. Like, right. The shrouds were thinner and stuff. Yeah. So, um, no, they they were definitely, uh, um, you know, all minded. Is yeah. The story is is that he, he when he left Cowie or one of the years he was done at Cowie or, or you know whatever they he just rolled over all this stuff with a bulldozer and buried it. Yeah, like Chad Watts went down there and just yeah, they just dumped everything and just buried. Yeah, so I heard too. <laughs> crazy, right? <laughs> Pretty crazy, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then obviously you uh, uh, from there, obviously you were, did a good job and progressed. And um, who was your your first guy? Was McGrath comes back and is that kind of like they're like, hey, we need a guy. Hey, shop guy Lars, you're his mechanic. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Because, well, because I was, uh, you know, going, I was at the test track with him quite a bit and i think we were doing a lot of dunlop testing and so it was like me and him hanging out a lot right and, uh, and luckily he you know we got along really good and i mean he's you know it's about 10 years older than i am and and he uh kind of took me under his wing and and then he he asked me hey you want to you want to work for me when i come and race these rounds and obviously yeah you know i'll be super rad so um but yeah we did and and um uh yeah it was a big change for me because uh oh. i never really worked for anybody you know like not even like any privateers yeah. or anything so yeah right for me yeah. to go straight to mcgrath i, I mean <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure a lot of people were like what the hell you that's know? a like, good point is- lars you didn't pay uh, you didn't pay any dues straight yeah to, you're right yeah. straight to mc just that's it. i know and i felt i felt bad about that too you know i'm like i i didn't mind i would have like you know when they talk about pc how hard it is to work the pro circuit and uh, you had to do this and that. I'm like, I mean, I, I don't mind. I'll, I'll do it. You know, I, just, <laughs> yeah, I got yeah. lucky. I, guess. <laughs> I worked for a lot of shitty privateers, Lars, to get to yeah, Tim. To, to get the bad for Gothic, right? Know? Right. 
You know how many guys I had to work for to get to Tim Ferry? You know how many? <laughs> <laughs> and you just go straight to uh, straight to MC. But hey, they don't really come any cooler than Jeremy, do they? No, they don't. Actually, I saw him. I, I got to hang out with him today a little bit at this uh, monster ride day at Start West. And uh, no, they don't. He's, he's always super genuine, cool. You know, he's never never a cool guy. Never an attitude. He's just always been really, really good to me. And yeah, uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm really like you know, honored to be able to have him as a friend. And uh, and then uh, he his comeback was he'd been off for a year and a half or maybe two years. Comes back. I mean, he was mm-hmm. top five or six guy. Yeah, we got some fourths and uh, you whole shot Phoenix. And, yeah, whole shot Phoenix on a two stroke and pretty much everybody else on four fifty. Yeah, that was rad. Yeah, no doubt, right? So yeah, it was awesome. It, it definitely wasn't um, wasn't like he came back and, and got worked. You know, he was no, he was in it. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I mean, did did he did he do what you thought he would do? Did you did he do better uh, looking at him before the season? What'd you think? Thinking back, I mean, I can't, I'm having a hard time remembering, but I, I, I do think that it was approximately what we hoped for. Okay. Because, um, I mean, there, there's just there wasn't any way he was going to beat Ricky, and there wasn't any way he was going to beat Chad or James. Yeah. You know, straight up, anyways. Right. And, and that's just like the fact. Of it. And he wasn't trying to either. You know, he was. Yeah. He was just going racing, have some fun, and, and I do know that the goal was to like beat. The, the other guys like Ernie and and yeah. Nathan and and you know there's some there's some guy in, Tim Ferry I think his name is oh uh, Ferry took him out in Phoenix and I'm like what are you doing what why'd you do that <laughs> like you know yeah it wasn't good I, he was Timmy was all mad about his wrist and riding like shit and I'm like you don't just plant the king man that's disrespectful I didn't like it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you. I'm glad there's something about Ferry that you don't like. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't like that. I didn't like that move. But um, <laughs> uh, so okay. So he. How does the, you work for Kevin Windham? How does that come about? Um. Yeah. So that was uh, 07 when I worked for Windham. Uh, it came about because he went through a bunch of mechanics real quick. You know, because yeah. Um. He got came back from his deal. Had Jonathan Highland worked for him for two years. He. Blew his head off. That was kind of crazy. <laughs> that's a no, then, that's, that's a crazy story, no doubt. Committed that suicide. Is a crazy story, right? And then and then he had Brent. Brent, um, and then after Brent, he had Alex Ewing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was '06, maybe. Yeah. And then um, I don't remember why Alex stopped working for him. To be honest, did he, make, did he quit? Or did he... I don't. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember either. Actually, all I know is I worked with Alex maybe a year or something, and then he, um, he you know, he he was working for for Kevin, and then and then somehow whatever happened, and then they split, and then um, I was the next like logical choice, I guess, because K Dub had even though he was on that factory connection team, he had a factory bike, and he got a factory mechanic from Honda. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so I got to work for him, which was rad because you know I got really lucky because like when I was. You know, coming up or zoning up, or whatever. It was always well. It was always Rick Johnson in the beginning, but then it was McGrath, and then it was Wyndham. And so, yeah, you know, like I got to work for my two favorite riders, which was just bitching. Yeah, that's yeah. How cool is that, right? Again, not paying any dues, Lars. Again, I know, I know. Um, I feel bad to all those people. Uh, the BTOSports.com Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing. Use the code PulpMX to save yourself money at at uh, BTOSports.com. Proud sponsors of Shorty and Gurky. Out there and uh, the foxhead.com for all the latest fox racing stuff. 
Take a listen to this Race Tech commercial here, and we'll be back with Lars Lindstrom. If you need to save yourself money at Race Tech, use the code PulpMX14 and save yourself money at Race Tech, and we'll be right back. BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Hey, I want to talk about privateers and what they choose for suspension. Yeah, that's right. Some of the top privateers, most of the top privateers out there, choose Race Tech. Long been supporting the world's fastest privateer since 1984. Michael Lieb, Vince Freeze, Chris Blows, Cody Gilmore, and many other guys uh, choose uh, Race Tech suspension, and they've been around a long time, and their their work stands for itself. Don't forget, people, at least uh, change your oil in your new bike and use Race Tech to do it. Some of that stock oil isn't that good. Uh, Race Tech's the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. 30 years they've been supplying racers, riders, and tuners with the industry's best suspension products. Paul Thie, the owner of Race Tech, one of the smartest guys out there, and uh, the creators of the do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Racetech.com for a full listing of suspension parts, tools, and information. Race Tech. Go there. Make your bike handle better. Do it. Racetech.com. Thanks for listening. All right, back here on the uh, RacerX podcast, uh, BTOsports.com, Fox Racing. Uh, Lars Lindstrom, Mechanic 14, Tutus, Chad Reed. So uh, did you work for Wyndham? Well, first of all, McGrath and Wyndham, I, I would imagine, like, you didn't change any grips, any graphics, like, talk about two guys that are probably pretty easy to work for. Yeah, definitely. Um, like, no no yeah. wear and tear on the bike is what I mean. Like, no, you know, no no problems. No no big crashes probably either. Yeah, no, t- totally. I, 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 t- I don't even know what it's like to have someone like, you know, James Stewart who, who throws it away and, and just the bike's just mangled before the, you know, yeah. the next one. But yeah. um, I, I've gotten lucky that way too, I guess. But, uh, yeah, those guys were all easy. Um, K-Dub. K-Dub, like, you could run the same clutch almost all year compared to Chad, where it's like six laps. <laughs> right. But, uh, but, yeah, no, th- those guys were easy to work for, and um, and K-Dub was fun to work for. He was, he was a good guy, and uh, yeah. obviously just fun to watch Rod. Was it weird to be under the Factory Connection tent, yet go to the Honda shop on Monday and, and, and deal with the Factory Connection guys, but then also deal with the Factory Honda guys? Was that a weird thing, or how would that work? Yeah, it was kind of, it was a little bit um, complex in certain ways, you know, because uh, the way that the team managers had everything and graphics and whatever, you know, like you, you got to like kind of like work out all these little yeah. details. That you do. But, but it was kind of cool. I kind of thought it was kind of cool, you know, like, yeah. um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, it was kind of fun having a, a full work bike with the different graphs and the other guys and stuff like that. It, it made yeah. it kind of interesting, I thought. Yeah, Shane Drew did the same thing with Horaco too, like, Worked for yep. Rocco as a mechanic, and it was all factory Honda deal. So, yeah. And then, uh, I, uh, did did you work for uh, Wyndham in '08? No, because he they they clip. I don't know. If, I don't know if they clipped his deal, but they decided that he would be on a factory connection bike. Yeah, and not a factory anymore. Yeah. And he asked me to he asked me to come with him and and go work at factory connection, but uh, you know you know the the main reason why I didn't do that was because I was working. In Torrance, and I live in Thousand Oaks, which is that's like fifty-five miles or so. Yeah. Yeah. When I moved to Corona, you know, and that's not something I really wanted to do. And yeah. And uh, on top of that, just 
you know, I had a factory gig with like a, a good paying yeah. job, you know, the whole deal. So I, I ended up staying there. I was going to say, so I was thinking you maybe worked for Wyndham when he was battling Chad Reed in 08, in 08. But yeah, back to being test guy and yeah, that's what I did. Drove the whale. There's some people that enjoy being a test guy. And there's some people who would never want to be a test guy and be a race mechanic. Uh, you're at home as a test guy. You're, you know, um, you're not going to all the races. You're going to some to sort of satisfy the, the coolness and the urge of going racing. But you're not going every weekend. It's not a grind. It's not uh, 17-hour days or whatever. Do you see both sides? What, what, you know, what was cool about each, what's cool about each gig? Yeah, I do see both. Um, the cool thing about being a test guy is that you don't have that pressure of being a race mechanic, you know. Um, yeah. There's, you know, uh, but at the same time, you get to go to a couple of races here and there. Um, yeah, exactly what you said, you know. Yeah. Maybe the pay, the pay might not be as good, especially if you've got these bonuses. Right. Um, but, um, but then again, you're always working on something pretty hammered. And, right. You know, um, but but you do get to work with a bunch of the riders. So you kind of hang out during the week. You know, you go to the tracks with them, and, and you you kind of get like a good bond with them. You, you know, away from the races. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, being a race mechanic, it is nice building a, a bitchin' bike and having good nice parts all the time. I mean, especially when you're on a factory team. Yeah. And and then you know, getting that like you said, you know, it's pretty satisfying when you, you go to a race and your guy does good and. You know, or, or whatever, and, 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 you know, that's something that you prepared and, and then, you know, making your bike look really sweet. You know, people are all bumped on it. It's all that yeah. fun, too, you know. Well, so. like, Red Dog got hurt so much in the last two years when I was at Yamaha that I got to be a test guy. You know, I wasn't going to all the races. I was building everything, building all the crap and, and this and that. Um, and I always felt like I didn't like it because the adrenaline – I mean, look, I never – I wasn't half the rider that you are, Lars, but I raced a ton in my life, and I enjoy the competitiveness of racing, of, of racing a dirt bike. You know, I always did it my whole life. So I felt like the testing and the work, I was still working my balls off, but I wasn't getting any of that adrenaline slash possible reward for having a rider do well. I didn't like it. I like being a race guy, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. Like you said, the only, the, the only real good part about being a test guy is that you get to be home quite a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. I lived in a crappy apartment in Anaheim, though, so I didn't really, you know. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, no, so it's, it's different. It's different. It's, it's, a, it's a different deal, no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, and then so uh, uh, 08, you're a test guy. 09, you're a test guy. Um, by the way, uh, how bad did it get at Honda with the 09 bike between Tedesco and Millsaps and all that? They did not like it. Yeah. Wyndham didn't like it. Were you, were you pulling your hair out that year? Um, yeah, we, we definitely made, we made a lot of changes, especially with Ivan. I remember he, you really couldn't get comfortable. Mm-hmm. The thing was when we, when we tested that when, in 08, when we were going to the 09, we, we went and tested a couple secret times, you know, yeah. and uh, everybody that rode the 09, I mean, we did, granted, we did only ride Supercross. Everybody that rode the 09 said this thing's bitching. Yeah. And the only thing was that the engine wasn't as strong. And, you know, we knew we had work to do on that. But mm-hmm. we rode it. I remember we tested out at um, the Red Bull track out, actually kind of towards my house in Piru. And uh, Shorty rode it. He did like a 20 on the 08 and he did a 20 on the 09. He was a second and a half each lap faster on the 09. 
Wow. And, you know, we're yeah. the thing is awesome. It's going to be so good. <laughs> you know, and, and um, other than it sounded like a vacuum cleaner, they had, you know, some muffler on it that was tiny. But um, yeah. then we start racing and, you know, like started coming up, like you know, that guys didn't really like it all. And then we run outdoors and that's when the shit hit the pen, you know, because yeah. the thing was unstable and, and, you know, we did a lot of, a lot of changing and I know Shane Drew was definitely mm-hmm. had a lot of, a lot of pressure on him to, to get that thing better. And, um, so yeah, that was, that was definitely a tough, tough year. And, uh, the only guy that never complained about it, believe it or not, was Andrew Short. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no, I know. He doesn't complain about anything. No, saying. I know, right? Millsaps, I think he wanted to light the thing on fire, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, and you know what? At, at, for us, it always, you always hear it more from the other guys on the other teams. They're like, oh, he hates that bike, huh? Yeah, yeah. Sucks. Right. And you're like, oh, that's weird, because they didn't, never send the car, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's usually how it goes, you know, even currently with other teams and other riders, you know? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're You hear right. that, man, they hate their bike so much, and then you ask them, you know, your buddy's with some of the mechanics, and they're like, dude, he says his bike's sweet. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Dan Bentley there at Honda told me that the end of 09, McGrath, and probably you, I don't know if you'd gone to Chad yet, but uh, uh, worked on some data stuff and really got that thing uh, uh, dialed in. Yeah, I think the thing that really, like, you know, turned the, the corner on that bike was uh, was probably Shane and – some of the HRA guys trying to figure out balance of that bike and, and trying to get it, um, get some of the weight distribution a little bit more even. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, just do a lot of chassis, you know, geometry changes and stuff like that. And that kind of helped out quite a bit. And also just suspension in general, they, they made the show, made the suspension quite a bit better. And, uh, and then that was probably the turning point why, you know, started gaining, Mm-hmm. Uh, becoming better and whatnot. Um, and so, how does the Reed deal come about? How does that? How do you leave Honda? Um, the whole deal with Chad happened because he decided he was going to ride a Honda. Kehoe said, "Hey, um, we're going to hook up Chad with a bike to ride. Mm-hmm. Can you go out to the Supercross track and just help him?" Yeah. And so I took the whale out there and met him and Mike McQuillan, his practice bike mechanic, mm-hmm. and uh, they were going to test. They, he bought some A-kit suspension. He was going to test with bone. So I, I got there early and helped work on the bike. as was just a production bike, and then we, I mean, we tested all day. It was like a 8 in the morning till like the sun went down type of deal, typical yep. chat. Right. And, and, and we, and then bones came, bones didn't come out till like noon, and, I know that I helped him out with a few things and kind of like, obviously, you know, I looked up to Chad, you know, yeah. for a long So I was really, I, the thing that I was happy about was seeing him on a Honda and, and hoping that Honda would have a chance to, um, you know, have a, have a guy that could win a championship. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so I was, I was into it. And so I helped him out with a few things and, and then I didn't talk to him for a while and I was, uh, we were out, we were out testing with, it was like the first day when Josh Grant maybe was going to ride the bike, and we were out of Paris riding, and I was riding a little bit too. Yeah. I don't know why, but <laughs> and um, we, I got a call, and it was Chad, and, and he said, "Hey, uh, you know, wondering if you'd be interested in coming and working for me this year." And that's kind of how it started, and then you know, kind of started negotiating, and that's yeah. when that's when I ended up leaving. Big step for you, though, man. I mean, Honda. Uh, I imagine the pay as well. You know the guys. It's steady. It's a steady deal and and, uh, and everything else. And to go to, 
go with Chad on this startup team, you know, it's a big step, man. I'm, uh, it must have been a little bit of ner- must have been a, a bit nerve wracking. Yeah, it was a huge step for me, and I think something that I needed to do because I was kind of stuck in a rut there at Honda. <clears throat> I needed to kind of prove that I could still be a race mechanic, or, or that I really, I mean, really, I didn't have at that point. I didn't have much experience doing it. Um, I kind of, you know, you kind of get bounced around a little bit, and guys come in and they got their own mechanics already, and then you know, some other guy comes and there's already somebody more qualified to do it. So you know, yeah, and I wasn't getting. The, the right opportunities, and that's the kind of the crappy part. And a little side note that when you're a team, like even if you're on a, a factory team like that, you're not going to get the opportunities that you would if you're like on a you know a team with like like Geico, where they, a guy comes in and they're like, "Shit, we need a mechanic." Ah, you, you're, you'll be good. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they just need a mechanic here. You do it. You know, like yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's a little bit harder when you're on a factory level because you need to have a little bit more. They need to trust you a little bit more and things like that. And uh huh. Anyways, it was it was for me. Yeah, it was huge, dude. And and we went and I had to. That was a gnarly year because we. It was just me and the practice bike guy, and then we had Davo. Yeah. And Davo, you know, was being Davo and doing a million things all at once, <laughs> and you know, like calling people and driving, you know, across California here and there, and just and, and just. Yeah. And then I was I had to do the same thing, you know, and everything that we do now, I don't even have any. I don't really know how how we did it because. <laughs> how demanding Chad is and, and uh, working on the bike and then ordering parts and trying to do this stuff. And then, I mean, we definitely didn't have a solid of a setup as we do now. That's mm-hmm. for sure. You know, <laughs> yeah. because uh, a lot of the things we just didn't, couldn't, couldn't do or didn't have time. And so anyways, yeah, but uh, we made it happen. And, and that was a nerve wracking after, I remember after Anaheim won and we finished the race and I felt like, a you know, the world was lifted off my shoulders, just yeah. making sure well, first race. And after that, it, it started getting easier, you know? Right, yeah, a whole team from startup, basically, and you were there doing more than just mechanicing, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was trying to organize, you know, sponsors and all these things, and then I had I was building the engines, too, and doing, you know, yeah. a lot of different things. So a lot of things kind of, like, probably got overlooked that don't now, you know? Like, I, yeah. can, I can focus on a lot of other little details now that I couldn't then, right. which is... Uh, which is cool, you know, it just makes our, you know, right now I, the whole bike and the, the way that our team is set up, I, I don't really have um, any any stress or worries. Yeah. I don't really stress too much anyways, but, the, um, you know, now our, our whole setup is so solid that I, I I really feel good about it and I never really have to have that, that same kind of anxiety that I had then. Yeah. Yeah, people don't understand, like, it's stressful being a mechanic. I know... Like, I was getting these stomach pains whenever I drank, like, a really cold liquid uh, my last year as a mechanic or my last year and a half as a mechanic. Never mind the herniated disc that I had, too, from uh, carrying motors all those years. But I had this problem. I went and got looked at. I got all these specialists that couldn't find anything out. They thought it may be cancer at one point or whatever. I quit being a mechanic. Uh, Yeah, never had that problem since. You know? Yeah, like, I think it was just stress, you know? Just, just, just. You, you got so much work to do. You got eight hours of work to do and 10 hours of work to do in six hours or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, it's especially when you're um, now I have it a little bit easier because Goose likes to help me on, on, yep. you know, rebuild the bike on something. But, but yeah, then, you know, you're, you, you got so much to do and you have to get it done mm-hmm. and you're just rushing the entire day, you know, <laughs> it's, it's not funny. And then, you know, I, I mean, it's just one of those things that, 
especially with a guy like Chad, I mean, he's really demanding. I mean, he's, you make a mistake, he's going to be really upset about it. Some guys might not be as much, you know, but I really have motivation to not screw up yeah. because I don't want the wrath of him, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, and it's, it's his life in, you know, in my hands in, in, in some way. So I can understand, you know, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, you know, I don't know if you, I'm sure you had the same thing. You have these dreams and like, I always have a dream that like the, the race goes off and I wasn't there and the bike wasn't ready or, or you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, but he's coming out and he's ready to go to the line and you're like, dude, I didn't, I didn't put a clutch and I didn't put gas in there. I mean, you know, the bikes apart. I don't know. It's stupid things that people probably think are stupid, but we just, it just weighs on you. Wake up and you're like, oh, sweet dude. Like, <laughs> have you ever been, uh, have you ever been in the mechanics area at a race and been like, I didn't check that bolt. I didn't check that bolt. I know I didn't check that bolt. Oh my God. I didn't check that bolt. And then t- you talk yourself into the fact that you didn't check the bolt. And then after the, after the motor, you're like, oh yeah, the bolt's fine. You ever do that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. And then even like, you know, I mean, in Colorado, I was like, for the second moto, I'm like, I don't think I ever checked the air pressure. <laughs> Shit. Like, is it like 40 pounds? And I like went to the front and I felt it. That feels about right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you just, just one of those things, man. It's, you're always thinking. You're always trying to think two or three steps ahead or whatever, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, when you're, especially when you're building an engine, you know, like you, Luckily, you've got it in a routine to where you do things the same every time. But yeah, you know, like the things all together, and you're like, did I tighten that? Clutch up that? <laughs> or you know, whatever. And then you got to take it apart and check. It, and you're like, damn it, dude! Yeah. I, I knew I did. Right. But, uh, nice to lean on someone like Goose, though, huh? Guy's been through everything, won everything, been there, done mm-hmm. that. Oh yeah, for sure. And he he definitely, you know, is like a you know another pair of eyes for me if there's something I missed or something like that, you know. And, yeah. Um, same with Oscar too, you know, cause I mean, it's just, especially like I said earlier with Chad, you know, we're changing a lot of things. Yep. Um, you know, like you, you build your bike and that's stressful enough. They go out, especially at Supercross, they go out first practice and they hit the triple the first lap. Never yeah. seen it. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and you're like, okay, I hope everything's okay. You know? <laughs> and, know. and then, so then, you know, you have that anxiety of the first practice and then he comes back and says, okay, I want to train, I want to change this, this, this. You know, forks off, shock off. Yeah. We're going to change cam. We're going to change sprocket. You know, like there's all these things, and, and, and it's really, really easy as anybody. It's, I mean, you're only human yeah. to make a mistake. Absolutely. And, and, uh, yeah. and, and outdoor, I, you know, I probably sh- shouldn't, but I, I do stress a little bit less because there's no triple or rhythm section that's going to completely yeah. end your guy's career, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But even then, you know, it's the same thing. But right, and also too, uh, it didn't doesn't happen so much when I was a mechanic. But you guys are now going to the line, looking like you're going up to Everest. You got boots, yeah, uh-huh. you got <laughs> boots and backpacks and exhausts, and you bring in mules to the mechanics area with pretty much anything you can possibly think of. Like, yeah, the job is just crazy. the job is just transformed. I know, and yeah, I mean, you got to have the boots because you got to be able to pack your gate. Like, you know, uh, I think. Yeah. I should have like a caterpillar tattooed on the side of my leg because sometimes it's like you know he wants you to like move the whole rut over and you're just kicking and like especially like Vegas and you're trying to move this dirt rock hard. Right, right. It's not it's gnarly. And then yeah, and then all of the other. I like I like outdoors because you have, you can have all the all the parts in your little mule and then that thing just burp, like to the top, you know. So I, I'm I'm a, probably a little less now. Yeah, yeah. Than, 
he would be super, or than he would have been before. But but yeah, I mean, I, I know what you mean. Like there's like a full checklist of just what you put on your body before you go to the line. Now. I know. Yeah, spare goggles and spare fuel and and backpack yep. and, and boots and glasses and pit board and gloves and yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Do you still ride much? Do you get out on a Cowie or do you got a Honda? Um, I don't ride that much right now. I, I do have, I still have a Honda, um, but uh, I don't, it's not together right now, actually. But um, I just, I, I have a house that I've been um, uh-huh. remodeling and stuff, and my, my girlfriend just moved in with her daughter, and uh, so I got a lot of things on my plate right now. And um, But yeah, I, do, I try to ride whenever I can. I try to ride around like, you know, like our off season, so I can ride, race Dan Dane Bird and uh, right. stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Well, hey, cool. Thanks, Lars. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Um, good times. No Get people a little bit behind the scenes, know what's going on, and all that. And and uh, you know, good luck with the rest of the season. I'm sure. I'm sure Chad will get better from here on out. We saw some progress yeah. at High Point, so you know. Yep, yep. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks for doing the BTOSports.com Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing. Lars Lindstrom. Uh, we'll see you at the races, man. Thank you. All right. Thanks. See ya. See ya. This has been the BTOSports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss this tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents.
been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years.